Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today I'm going to be a mediocre host. Um, No, like, so today's topic, we're talking about something that's just generally not in my wheelhouse. Um, I have Melissa Bredigan on, and we are talking about search engine marketing. Okay, so I told you we were going to have this conversation um, when Kirby and I did our search engine optimization SEO. Um, when did we do that episode? I don't know, month and a half-ish, two months ago, time flies. Um, but apparently SEO and SEM are, uh, they're different things. They're different things, folks. And when I say I'm a mediocre host, it means really what I should have said is today I'm going to be playing the part of the stupid person that doesn't understand how marketing works, which is kind of funny for somebody who um, is being called the queen of Instagram. So like you'd think social media like, oh, yeah, totally got you know what? I don't even really understand how Facebook ads work that much. My market like... (laughs) If you want to know how to do a lot of things on social media, I'm your girl. But when it comes to all this other stuff, I'm like, "Mm, I have people for that. But today we're going to learn. We're going to learn together. So if you're already very, very familiar with search engine marketing, don't worry, you're going to get a ton from what Melissa says today. If you're like, I don't know the words that are coming out of your mouth, don't worry, I got you handled also. Um, but so let's see, this episode is being released on Halloween. I don't know what it is about this year, but like, I have been more excited for Christmas to come than any other, like usually, I don't know if we've told you about this in our household, but there's a battle, um, where Kirby likes Christmas to start as soon as possible. I would say around the time where I am getting really excited for pumpkin spice lattes, my husband is getting excited for Christmas and um, wants to decorate the house. And my oldest, who's nine and a half, is just as much of a Christmas spirit as he is. And so for as long as she has been able to like vocalize, I want to decorate for Christmas, I have had to like fight those monsters back and say, if you want to trick or treat, 
you cannot decorate until November 1st. If you decorate the house or watch Christmas movies or listen to Christmas music in my presence before October 31st, then we're just going to skip Halloween. And so that's how I've kind of kept them back. But even my like own self this year, I found myself like looking at Christmas decorations and like stuff like that. And I got a new tree skirt from TJ Maxx. I'm super excited. It's like crocheted. It's so cool. But yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Um, this is also the least that our team has celebrated Halloween in clinic, which may be because it's on Halloween's on a Sunday. Or it could be that after 10 Halloweens of being a practicing doctor, I have finally learned my lesson that it's kind of embarrassing when you sit down across from a new patient dressed as a kitty cat. <laughs> like I know practicing chiropractors are like, oh, yep, I can relate to this. It's all fun and games when it's just like you and your patients and they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, you're dressed like a clown, how fun and it's great. And then you have to go in and have a serious conversation with somebody or sell a $2,000 care plan and you're dressed like a freaking clown. And you're like, mm. and so I always come in and I'm just like, um, hi, yes, uh, sorry, it's, um, it's Halloween week and um, we see a lot of kids. Uh, here, let me take this wig off. So I don't know, you know, when you see our clinic will see anywhere between five to 20 new patients in a week and uh, no, five to 15 new patients in a week. And so inevitably Halloween week, I'm dressed as something, but we did, we did some stuff. We did wig Wednesday, which was fine until about four o'clock. And then my head just got itchy and I'm like, take the damn thing off. So anyways, okay, what are we doing? Oh, it's listener highlight time. Um, I appreciate this. They, um, this is from Ellie Dilks and she sent me a DM. I'm assuming she doesn't listen on Apple um, because it says podcast review for you. <laughs> and I appreciate that, Ellie, because I was like, oh, thank you. I will use this. And I screenshotted it um, because you don't all listen on Apple Podcasts. And so you can't all give me a review. So this one says, your office looks like a dream. Also, I love your podcast. They've been so helpful as I prepare to open a cash-only practice in Illinois. Many challenges ahead, politically, mentally, financially, etc. The variety of guests you have and what they bring to your podcast makes it so versatile and applicable for anyone. Um, Ian, the doc lady that said your podcast was for... Oh, <laughs> I don't know what EEN stands for. Um... But I th maybe it doesn't stand for something. It's just a um, an error. But I'm going to insert, fuck that doc lady who said your podcast was for only students. She didn't drop the F-bomb. Um, I also can relate to a reel you posted maybe a month ago about how people assume your husband is the chiropractor between the two of you. Last week at my graduation, some of my classmates were introducing their parents to me, but the parents were immediately reaching out to shake hands with my husband and I would just slowly, awkwardly insert my body at an angle in front of him and wave politely. Hey, that's me. I'm the chiropractor. <laughs> I will continue to support and listen. Thank you for being you. Thank you, Ellie. Dr. Ellie, it sounds like. And um, good luck starting a practice. A cash practice. Yeah, people are so scared to start them. You know, I call it, it's the hard easy versus easy hard. Um and I don't even know if I say that, would say that anymore because 
I don't know, like marketing is a little harder when you're opening a cash practice, but your patient quality is just, you know, it's just there. When somebody does commit to becoming a new patient at your clinic, like they tend to, they tend, don't get all in my face, people who take insurance. Um, I know you get great new patients too, but like they tend to just know like, yep, this is going to cost money. And so therefore they kind of are one step further along that valuing chiropractic aspect. So you're going to be fine. I don't know what you're looking politically. Uh, it says many challenges ahead politically. Like, um, does Illinois suck for chiropractic? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's just like in the Go Brandon part of the world, which Kirby just explained to me. It's been two weeks of seeing all these Brandon things. And I'm like, Kirby, what's the Brandon thing? What is happening there? So leave it to my husband to be able to keep me cool and relevant and knowing what the heck is going on in life. Okay, let's get to our guest. So um, her name is Melissa Bredigan. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. I feel bad if I'm not because I asked her when we interviewed, how do I, and then pronounce it and she said it. And I was like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. And then, pfft. so we're, today it's Melissa Bredigan. Uh, she works primarily as the office manager for Lake Life Chiropractic in Chaska, Minnesota. And she also serves on the Mission Life Board of Directors, assists their second office, Northern Peak Chiropractic, and maintains their rental property and takes care of two young children, Jane and Brooks. Melissa and her friend Kaylee Swanson partnered together in early 2020 to learn and develop Google AdWords campaigns for chiropractors, including Lake Life Chiropractic. Is she going to say that she is boning the, uh, she's married, she's married to <laughs> the main chiropractor, the lead chiropractor at Lake Life. I don't know if she does that in her bio. Anyways, that's her husband. Um, Lake Life had grown to be a high volume office quickly through in-person marketing and needed to make a huge pivot due to the digital marketing world and due to changes from the pandemic. Their campaigns turned out to be very successful and they found themselves now hosting quarterly workshops and accepting clients for one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting. They believe in the power of authentic marketing and building a brand voice so you not only have a successful ad campaign, but you build trust along the way and attract your ideal clients. Um, we worked one-on-one -on -one with Melissa to, she was the person. If you listen to the search engine optimization episode, she was the one that we referenced Kirby had been working with and had amazing things to contribute to, you know, what we were already doing. Um, and apparently we thought we were doing good and we sucked. Uh, she was nicer about it. You'll find out she's nice. Um, but yeah, just a, a wealth of knowledge on SEO and SEM. And we didn't even get to SMM, which is another acronym that is that social media marketing. I think that's what SMM stands for. But we didn't get into that. I'm assuming that's like Facebook ads and stuff. We will have another episode down the road on SMM where I will sound like an idiot learning, learning the things. Um, check the show notes and there will be a link that you can click on. Uh, she does have, she has a quarterly uh, teaching thing, <laughs> like workshop, that's the word I'm looking for, that will be happening in early 2022. Um, so if you want to be notified about that, make sure you click the link in the show notes and get on that wait list. So let's pray and let's do this thing. 
Dear God, thank you so much for the spirit of people like Melissa who show up and love these things, love these things, and are get into the details and are so patient with people um, like myself that don't understand that aspect of this job, chiropractic. Um, remind us that we are in the same shoes that Melissa is for other people. We are that for a lot of our patients where we just have such a wealth of knowledge and we want to help people understand so they can do good and, you know, live better lives. But sometimes just the explanation and the learning curve gets in our way. So help everyone listening to, you know, be patient with themselves as maybe they're learning a new skill like search engine marketing or search engine optimization or any of the other boring marketing stuff that we do to help make an impact within chiropractic. Sorry, Melissa, your job's not boring. I just find it boring. Um, and help us chiropractors realize that other people might find our job boring as we're really passionately trying to explain them and help them live better lives. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, crew. This is my conversation with Melissa Bredigan. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on today. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited, but kind of nervous to talk about this topic because I have no idea. Um, this is not my wheelhouse. Like, this is much more Kirby's wheelhouse. I was like, how would you feel about interviewing her? And he's like, I don't think your listeners would like that. It'd be a little bit of a dry conversation. <laughs> you do. I'm like, all right, well, fine. So today I'll be playing the role of the chiropractor who has no idea um, how to do any of this, this online thing. That's great. We so, love that. I'm, I'm going to be playing stupid. I'll be playing stupid. Really, I'm just super smart at it. I'm just pretending. <laughs> so before we jump in though tell me a little bit about yourself you and Pete like how what, how your roles work together and things like that awesome um yeah so I am not a chiropractor my husband Pete um went to life university graduated four and a half years ago and um we moved up here to Minnesota he's from this area in um, Waconia Minnesota and we um, opened our practice four years ago. We're celebrating our birthday now. Um, my background, however, is actually in teaching. I was a fourth grade teacher. Uh, there's a lot of force going on, so I should look up what that yeah. is today. <laughs> um, and I, I left that really to help pursue a career with Pete um, and grow our business together. And then also because of the perks to raising a family and having some flexibility with our time. Um, but through that, these last four years, my role has really evolved a lot and mm -hmm. COVID pushed me into, um, into this marketing, digital marketing realm. And um, so the last year and a half has been really self-taught um, and it's it's been a great pivot for our office. So we went from doing uh, millions of health talks and screenings and mm -hmm. um, other marketing strategies to now just having um, passive ads running behind the scenes and uh, more successful practice than we've ever had with also our highest referral rates ever. Um, and so that's just been a wonderful shift and I really like this role. And so, um, I've just been excited to learn more and help other offices too. 
Now, when I heard you speak at Lona Cook's thingy, well, I spoke Lona and Pete's. I'll, I'll give Pete some credit here. Okay, Pete's <laughs> and Lona's mastermind. Um, yeah. You had talked about how you studied under, like somebody taught you, were they from Google or app, somewhere? It sounded impressive. Yeah, um, so she is my best friend. We actually had a um, really great a funny story of meeting each other. So our sons were both going to a Montessori preschool together. And I was wearing my um, Freedom Keepers yellow shirt mm -hmm. at pickup one day. And she came up and introduced herself and said she'd been referring a bunch of patients into our office. And I was like, oh, great. Well, great. Who are you? How come you're not? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who are you? Um, and uh, sure enough, she had, and some amazing people. And so through that, our friendship grew and her background is in marketing. Um, she, I, I don't know her specifics, but she has a ton of work in it and has this great brain and I love talking with her about it. And so she ended up doing one-on-one -on -one consulting with me when COVID started. And that's where I've learned a lot. And now her and I partner together to support clients and do workshops. Got it. So you guys grew. So you started four and a half years ago or four years ago. And for the first two solid two to three years, you were doing a lot of external events. Yes. Um, yep. So screenings at, you know, farmers markets and different community events. We did a lot of business health talks, bringing in lunches and doing a 10 minute talk mm -hmm. um, and offering a discounted appointment. We went to chamber meetings. I felt like we were doing a lot mm -hmm. and um, they, it obviously worked. Our business grew quickly. So I still think those are valuable, but um, you never know. It's not as predictable of an outcome. <laughs> so you that can walk in health talk of 20 people and spend who knows how much on food and nobody sign up. Um, or, you know, the opposite could be true. And so there's some emotional burnout with that too. There really is too. And like, did you have CAs also that yeah. were, yeah. So like we were a external event kind of clinic, um, really until through 2019. <laughs> um, I think our last major event is like, was in January of 2020. We did this like all day, huge, like it was basically like this huge thing where we were all these women and there was yoga and there was all this stuff, just exhausting, tons of money. And like, I don't know, I mean, it kind of paid off. Sure. Like, you know, um, but, um, yeah, we were big. Our team was getting exhausted because yeah. it was just, all of that was a big push to get people to sign up, especially because we're in a small town. And so we don't have a lot of people that, you know, they're like, oh, I've already been to a perfect storm. I've already been to an ADHD talk of theirs, you know, so it's, it's getting difficult. So we, I don't want to say welcomed hindsight. The pandemic was a lovely force from external to, I guess this isn't internal, but you know, this different kind of getting patience. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And especially in a small town, you're probably having to create a lot of those events yourself, which is even more time and energy. Yeah. And I think it's still really good to do those, but now you can pick and choose. You can pick. Yeah. Yeah. You can pick and choose. Okay. So Kirby and I, so after Kirby and you met a couple months ago, 
he and I did an episode on search engine search engine optimization, which for everyone listening will going forward be called SEO. Um, and, you know, we just kind of raved about all the things that you had helped us with. But then he said, like, well, really, we should have Melissa on to talk about SEM. And I was like, what the H is SEM? So can you tell me what SEM is and like how it's different than SEO and SMM? Yes, yes, I can do that. I really like these like acronyms. So um, so SEM is search engine marketing. So you are actually paying um, to increase your visibility on Google or on search engines like Google. Um, so you're paying for certain keywords. When someone types in that keyword in the search bar, their search result page will show your ad on that page. Okay. And then SEO. Yeah, SEO is free, kind of, um, because it's going to take some time and skills to enhance your SEO, but it's organic. Um, and that's how we'll just talk about Google today, how Google will push you up in your ranking on their list. Okay, so do Google reviews improve SEO or SEM? SEO. SEM. Okay. So the Google reviews. Yeah. SEM is like your quick way to the top. Okay. Got it. And then. But SEM is going to ultimately. So if you're paying for your advertising on Google, it will ultimately enhance your SEO because you're showing Google that you're, as long as your site is functioning well, you're showing Google that your site and content is valuable too. Okay. And so, you know, you kind of already said like, well, we're going to talk about Google today. Like, so when it comes to this world of SEO and SEM and things like that, ultimately are we, obviously it is like October of 2021 and who knows what's going to change in a month or whatever, but like, is Google where everybody's focused right now? Like there's no, like you should be splitting your time between Google and Yelp or Bing or is Ask Jeeves still around? Should I be investing money in Ask Jeeves? <laughs> I don't know about Ask Jeeves. Are you old enough to know what that is? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm 32, so okay, yes. Not too far off there. Um, I think Bing would be a good early adopter opportunity um, because more and more people are moving away from Google and on other search engines. Yes. Like so for me personally, I like using DuckDuckGo now. Um, because it doesn't use all this tracking that Google does. Now, there are, as a consumer myself, I do like that Google knows what I like and shows me all the ads for things I want to buy. But um, DuckDuckGo, if you're trying to do just some research without, um, you know, like Google getting in the way of what they think you want, DuckDuckGo would be a good platform for that. Um, As a consumer. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, if you're researching, like I think okay. as a, myself as a consumer, I, I like using Google because they know me already. Sometimes I think they know me better than I know myself. Well, I'm pretty sure that's their number one goal. So yes. <laughs> okay. But um, DuckDuckGo, you could still do like ads and things on. You can. Yeah. That's part of um, our, like my quarter four goals is to look into advertising on other platforms. But a really good thing you can do is um, 
look at your website analytics and see where people are coming from that are finding your website. So for us, it's still definitely Google. Okay. And so we do paid advertising on Google. Um, my close second is Safari. And Safari? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. That's how I felt too. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I'm not sure why that, but that's something that we could look into next. You know, if your budget allows for that and you have the time or the resources to do that. Um, but I'm guessing for most people who are just starting out with advertising, Google's probably the good place to start. Got it. So, I mean, when it comes to money, there's kind of this like, we'll just make it rain over all of the platforms. And it's like, well, that's not really possible. How did you guys determine how much money to be spending? Okay. So that's a good question. We kind of worked backwards. Um, so we thought about how many patients per month we wanted to bring in through Google ads. And then I think as a base, just assume that it's going to cost you about a hundred dollars to convert someone as a new patient. Okay. Um, so if we wanted 10 people through the door, we'd be spending a thousand dollars on marketing that month. Okay. Um, and so we went at it that way and our cost per, um, cost of acquisition is more like $80. Our office in South Dakota is closer to $20, but they're in a more rural setting. Um, so their rate of returns a lot higher, but, um, but you can really, you know, that's a nice thing. How did you originally come up? Like is a hundred dollars a broad stat amongst like Google ads, or is that more of like a healthcare thing? Is that just from your experience and other clinics or like, how did you kind of go like, well, if it's less than a hundred, we're doing good. A hundred's about normal. If we're yeah, spending more than that and not getting enough patients, we're sucking at this. That's a good question. Um, I, I think it was based on our experience with our office and other clients along with that was kind of my mental threshold of like, if it's costing us more than this, um, it's not worth it. Well, it probably would be, but I wanted to keep it under that amount because that's typically what a new patient spends in our office on their first visit. Mm-hmm. And then, and so if we can break even on the first visit and we have a 90% plus continuation rate, that's great. Right. Um, so I kind of, that's in my head, our, our threshold there. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so if you're, you've got like, kind of like your budget now, some people, like a lot of people will be like, okay, I'm not married to a Kirby. I'm not married to a Melissa. So how much, like if you had an independent chiropractor trying to figure out like to hire someone, how would like, how much money are, is the question? Like how much should you be paying someone to do this? Because that's above and beyond the hundred dollars you're spending with Google, then you're yeah. then now paying someone else to do it. Right. Um I I don't know if I if I would. I do spend a bit of time on this, but it's also because I'm supporting several offices. But I really think that um a chiropractor with maybe one team member could 
do these Google ads on their own and update their website. I think there's so much power in doing your own branding and digital marketing, because if you're authentic on there, you're going to be attracting your ideal client. You're going to be building your dream practice. These people are going to refer because they trust you. You're consistent. And, you know, it's true all the way through from like the the initial ad they see to your website to the moment they walk in the door till they leave. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think I, to go answer your question, I don't think I have like a, an amount I'd spend. You can learn it yourself. Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> or go marry, go marry yourself a spouse who will do it for you. Yeah. yeah. Or find a team member who's really interested in it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that is, you know, when you start looking at, because I've heard quotes from chiropractors who are paying a ton of money a month to pay someone to do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, shoot for that amount of money. You could have a part-time employee, right. like for yeah. sure. And then like the, and that part-time employee wouldn't even spend all of that time doing that. You, they would spend, be able to do other things for you as well. So like, okay. So you're really saying like, when it comes down to it, hire, if you, if it's not going to be you hire yourself, another CA and they should easily, or even a part-time and they should pay for themselves. I, I think so. I do have friends who um, pay someone around like 300, I think, to maybe $500 a month to run the ads. And I think that works well for them. Um, but then you, you know, they're right. They're doing the copywriting for the ad. And so that those aren't your words or maybe true to your branding. It's more, um, you know, similar across the board. And then if you're in an area like we are, where there's tons of chiropractors everywhere you look, your ads all look the same. You're not going to stand out. And that $300 a month could be put into your ad, which would be, you know, 30 new patients, maybe. Right. But but that's not possible for everyone, I guess. So um, I know someone, uh, Ricky Queller, he does some ads and, and um, I think, I'm not sure his rates exactly, but he runs Google ads and SEO work for offices as well. Okay. So, all right. So you got options. So (laughs) once you, okay. So I don't know. Should we talk about making the ad first and then what to do with them once they get the ad or like once they click on the ad, that's the way my brain works is like, okay, what is the best approach to going about making good ads? Um, Yeah, that's great. I think so the first place you want to look actually is, is your website or where do they go once they click the ad, because you want that to work well. Otherwise, if you're paying for all these clicks and they aren't converting, that's a loss of your money. So before you, so, okay. So before you start investing money in search engine marketing, you need to make sure your website is good. Exactly. Which makes sense because yeah. before you start spending money, if you have a crappy website, then you're not going to convert and then, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So how do you make sure your website works for you? Yeah. Um, so a couple of really easy things you can go through your website and look for are you want to make sure that you have at least three um, opportunities on each page for them to click a button to uh, book an appointment, request an appointment, call you for an appointment. Um, because your website is probably 
um, this is backtracking even more, but like, who's your website written for? Probably prospective patients because you are growing your practice and you want to help people. Your existing patients most likely aren't using your website. Right. So just keep that in mind as you're writing it, that it's for people looking at your office for the first time. And on each page, you have three buttons directing them to that page. And above that button, give them a call to action that's very specific. A lot of times when we're on our phones and our computers, we're very casually browsing. And unless we're prompted to do something, we just get you know, sidetracked and distracted. Um, so that might be uh, you know, ready to take the next step in achieving the life you desire. And then the button, book your first visit today. Um, so aim for three on each page. And then also make sure that your language um, and content on the page is written for your ideal client. And it's not too um, wordy and scientific, which we can get as chiropractors. Yeah, I had, I was talking to a chiropractor um, before who said one of the best things she did was pay a lay person to like basically write her copy for her website yeah. um, because, and she said when she read it, she was like, I never would have written this but it's through like the yeah not so nerdy exactly we had one of our patients um write our copywriting on our um you know niche down pages like pediatrics she wrote everything about pediatric care like like chiropractic and athletes and pregnancy and it turned out amazing like we couldn't have done that but it was more layperson terms and friendly and it you know we just worked with her to make sure it was our voice and so I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because if they're educated, they're paraphrasing what you're saying. And it's yep. like, oh yeah, okay, good. And that's what people want. They want they want somebody to already paraphrase it for us. Like, give, give me the cliff notes. What the doctor just say? Okay, got it. So. Yes. And my last thing about your website would be to make sure that everything that's on there is actually valuable. Um, Kirby mentioned this in that episode 115, I think it was about SEO that, um, you know, we used to think of SEO as having just loads of keywords on a page. Um, but now Google really wants your pages to be effective, um, and people to be engaging in them and, you know, um, finding what they're looking for. So, um, I see on some chiropractor websites that they'll have a tab that's for research. This is just a basic example. And then on the research page, there's just um, research articles on every type of health condition that chiropractors see. But on those pages, there isn't a call to action. It's all the scientific, you know, research articles, and it's not helping them reach their prospective client. People who go to that page are just going to drop off. So if you have that stuff on your website, take it off um, or maybe just make it less accessible um, so that people aren't getting lost on your site really think about that customer, like the client journey. So they end up on your homepage. Um, for our office, they typically go to meet the team next, and then they'll either go to book now or um, like our approach. So the techniques we use um, and, and make sure that those pages are functioning well and you, you're really conscious of that customer journey. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And so like with the research thing, because it's like, well, that seems like it would be really valuable. But then what you're saying is like, they click this link. So now they're off your website. 
like you're, or, you know, and they're over reading this research yeah. page and they're like down the wormhole and yeah. the chances of them going back to your webs, you know, like in that moment, they're probably just like, okay. Huh. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Um, and you, and you know, the fun part is, is you can create this however you want to. And so maybe your office really values that research. Um, and, but, but like type, type up your own summary at the top um, with a call to action on what they should do next or a couple other pages they could go click back to on your website, you know, um, and then have the bigger research below if they want to do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see the difference there. Okay. So you've made sure your website is rocking and totally going to convert the crap out of people. Um, (laughs) how do I now, how do I make ad? Good. So um, I would do some keyword research and you can find this if if you haven't done it already. um, Make sure that you download Google Analytics um, and you link it with your website so that you're tracking all that data uh, on how your website is performing. So a couple. I just go to Google and type in Google Analytics. Exactly. Okay. Again, I'm going to play stupid for people. Um, So go to the Google search bar and type in Google Analytics and it'll be like, oh, we know what you're trying to do here. Okay. Yes. Yep. You'll create an account. And then depending on what what platform your site is on, you have to link the two. And so that'll be a, you'll probably have to do a Google search or watch a YouTube video, but they're out there. And you'll just put the um, Google Analytics link into your website. So it's tracking that data. Um, and from there, you can see what keywords people are typing that's bringing them to your website. And you'll want to make sure that those keywords are reused in your ads. Um, and then you can also look up, um, do some keyword research. I'll find the name for that. Um, oh, man, I forgot it. Already. Let me come back to that. But okay. essentially, figure out what keywords are bringing people to your website. And, um, you know, write all those down, make sure you have your consistent call to action. And, um, if you have a tagline, like have that brainstormed and written out too. And then when you're ready to write these ads, you just go into Google and you type Google ads and you click on that and create an account. I really like, Wait, do I need to create an account, even though I already created an account with Google analytics and you yes. create a new account. Okay. Yep. yep. Exactly. That's a good question. Um, and so you'll have a Google ads account. I like running smart ads. So there's a lot of you, most people, um, like if you're paying someone to run your ads, they'll probably run search ads. Those are much brainier ads to do because um, well, so smart ads means that Google is going to be optimizing your ads for you and Google can tweak how your ads are showing up based on what's performing well for you. So if that makes sense. So that's it why. It's kind of, yeah. It's like with can, Facebook where they, they want you, they want you to keep spending money. So they want your ads to be successful yes. and they've got way more data than I do. So Exactly. Yeah. So this is why, you know, you and I could run our own ads um, using a a smart campaign. 
And so um, I really like doing two basic smart campaigns, one of them being a branded campaign. So that would be all about Blue Hills Chiropractic, Lauren Brunswick, um, uh, where it's a kid's chiropractic office where you can bring your parents, with mm -hmm. whatever your tagline is, like include that in your branding for that ad. Um, and then another ad campaign that is geared towards your location. Um, okay. So, so right away, okay. Uh, conveniently located um, near XYZ. So, so you'll have, so when I typically am helping someone, those are the two basic campaigns that we start with is a branded campaign and a location specific campaign. Now for you, Lauren, you've been in practice for a long time. You have a huge referral based practice. Um, maybe you just want to capture more of those ideal clients like pediatrics. And so you might just choose to run a very niched ad like pediatric chiropractic care. Cool. And so all your keywords would be around um, what those moms are searching for on Google to find you. And could I have a third ad? Yeah. Or like, would I, like, is there, is there a certain point? So let's say that I am going to spend a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. and which sounds like so much money but then like when you're like but how much is a new patient worth and yada yada um and you know back step on the whole budget thing is yeah. when we before we had any information from you and we started looking at like well how much money are we going to spend on Facebook and Google mm -hmm. it was kind of like well we're not doing any events right now and we used to average I mean gosh by the amount the food and the, like by the time you like take into account we would probably spend 500 to a thousand dollars a month on stuff you know maybe, maybe a little less maybe more for our january one but usually you know so like that's kind of where we started out of like okay we're not doing events let's start with 500 dollars. we're comfortable with that because we that would be a pretty low-key event um and we'll see what kind of return we get. And then we started getting more return. So it, like, it was like, oh, that pays off. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's bump it up to 700. And so like, that's kind of how we inched our way up was looking like, well, we're not doing all these events. Um, what do we do with the money? Okay, that yeah, was a side exactly. tangent. So you know, let's say, oh, sorry. I never even got to my question because I got off on a side tangent. <laughs> so follow-up tangent. <laughs> Okay, you say your follow-up tangent now before we yeah. Okay. So um we we spend probably you know 20 to 40 dollars a day per ad campaign. And at one point, to answer your question about like, can I run three campaigns? Yes, at one point we had six running. Okay. Um and so um maybe even more than that. And they were doing so well. This was last August that we just kept slowly increasing the budget. And we had 70 new patients that month. Oh now we spent several thousand dollars on advertising, but the rate of return was so great. Like that was a huge season of growth for our office and it was well worth it. Um, but you do need to have some, you know, capital on hand and be ready for that. But you can also in Google set a limit on how much you want them to charge per month. So if you're like, I can't go over $500 this month, the ads will just shut off at that point too. So you're very much in control of what you're spending. Okay. So then along that, and this, um, so let's say you have like four ads 
going. You write four different ads and you tell Google, I don't want you to spend more than a thousand dollars. If you're running smart ads, will Google like automatically like spend more showing an ad that seems to be performing better? Or like, do you have to be like, okay, Google spend $250 on all each of these ads or will they do it for you? Okay, so two answers to that question. Um, the ads that show up are triggered based on the keyword that someone types. So each of your ad campaigns will have slightly different keywords. And so that's what's going to choose which ad shows up. Does that make sense? But yes. within, within a campaign, in smart campaigns, you actually have 10 different written ads. So that's what Google is choosing from. What's a campaign? What you're referring to is ad. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so one ad, okay. One ad campaign, you actually draft up 10 I have ad, to do that? ad copyrights. Okay, so I put in, how many keywords am I doing in this ad? You like, just let's just pretend I'm a kindergartner. Okay, so I'm yeah. creating my ad and let's okay. say it's the brand one. So it's like one, like we're, and how many keywords am I trying? Like, does that matter? How many they keywords? Am I yeah, they recommend 10 or less. Okay. Um, and you want to make sure that you're not just throwing in keywords to reach the 10 limit. Um, kind of so, like hashtags. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure they're important and you want people who are searching that to end up on your site. So, um, you know, for your branded one, you would have Blue Hills Cairo, Blue Hills Chiropractic, Blue Hills Chiropractor, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, uh, Neurological Chiropractor, if that's you, um, that would be a good starting point. Okay. Maybe your associate's name as well, Dr. Jess, um, you know, so start with those things. And then, and then after the keywords, you're going to choose your location that you're targeting. And that can either be a radius around your location, or it could be pick and choose, you know, cities in your area. Um, and then after that, you'll choose your, you'll do your writing for your ads. So, um, and that again, you can write up to 10 different versions for that campaign. I, so you're just basically taking the keywords and jumbling them into, yeah. do people struggle with this? Yes. <laughs> like, I feel like I would have two. I would be yeah. like, Blue Hills Chiropractic, Lauren Brunswick, Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Rice Lake, Wisconsin, Blue Hills Chiropractic. Like, is that literally what you're doing? much don't forget your call to action that's the most important part what do you want them to do when they see your ad do different um, call to actions like can i use the same call to action like isn't the call to action like click here yep same use the same one um and and why should they click here try and tell a little mini story about like like um here's the one i just throw out there for pregnancy um get your pregnancy glow back book your first visit online today you know, like, so you can tell that, oh, I'm pregnant and I'm in a lot of pain and I just want to get back to feeling myself or so I'm going to book the appointment. If you, you can said it a couple of times, does book your first visit like that? Does that seem to land better than like click here to schedule or like 
you know, schedule here. Like, I just noticed you've used that term now a couple of times and it seems like more inviting and softer. So I didn't know if you had. That's just my own personal, like, that's my preference. That's what we use in our office. It doesn't work for everyone's office. So it has to be whatever you're using as part of your brand. And um, yeah, so you kind of have to pick yours and run with it. I'm using it just because it's so ingrained in me and that's what we use for our office. Um, but maybe it's request an appointment, call our team today. How much do you recommend when I am making these 10 ads? I play around with the call to action or not 10 ads, 10 versions of this ad. Mm-hmm. Like how, how different are they? They're not much different. Not much different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that we're learning now is that Google's actually cutting off the the last lines of your heading and the last lines of your body text in the ads. So we've started moving the call to action up a little bit. So you'll have like three headings and two lines for the description of the ad. Um, you might just want to make sure that it's up higher, especially if they're looking on their phone, it'll be cut smaller. So Okay, so you don't want the last sentence to be... The call, call to action because it's probably going to get cut off. Right. How do you put a call to action in the middle? Um, so like your first headline might be um, chiropractor in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, or best chiropractic office, Rice Lake. And then your second one, book your first visit today or request an appointment today. And then your third one, um, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. That when you answered it, it seemed really obvious. But when I asked it, it did not. So confusing to think through. Um, and it takes some time to just get those those ads drafted up. So I usually will write a couple, publish them, let them sit, and then come back in a couple of days and add a few more drafts. It doesn't have to be all done in one sitting. Oh, that's that's really funny that you just brought that up because I was literally about to ask, like. This seems like something that you'd get better with time in and that like you would just kind of get into a flow of like sitting down for four hours and doing this. But you're saying like, do a little bit, leave, kind of come back at your brain. That's how I operate. But I have little kids running around me at all times. So I like sneak away for 10, 20 minutes when I have a creative thought and I, I go in and check my ads. I definitely think once you're running Google ads, you need to be consistent in checking in on them. Okay. Uh, how often, how often you I, check? I check them, you know, I try to check them weekly based on the season we're in, but you could probably get away with every other week. And the things you're looking at there are, um, you know, what keywords people are searching that are finding the ads. And if it's a keyword that you don't want to pull your ad up, you can add it to a negative keyword list. So a really easy example is we don't do massage in our office. If someone searches chiropractic massage, I don't want them to click the ad because we don't offer or like massage, just massage places in Chaska. I don't want them to click the ad and end up on our thing. So that's in our negative keyword list. Okay, so the negative keyword list, am I making that in my Google Analytics account or my Google ad account? This is all still in your Google ads. Okay, okay. And then when I'm looking to see how they're, which keywords though are people are finding, that's in Google Analytics, right? Yes. I am getting so good at this. Step aside, Kirby. Great. Oh, 
home. <laughs> I figured out there's more than one account. You yeah. got it. Yes. Okay. Google Analytics is great for research on your website. So you just understand what's happening. Um, going back to that. So we, and I shared this example at the mastermind, but for your listeners, we were finding that everyone was going from our homepage to meet the team. And our meet the team page had a really high bounce rate or drop off rate. People weren't going anywhere after that. And when we looked back at the meet the team page, there wasn't a button that said book now. Pete's bio was like a mile long <laughs> and it's all chiropractic stuff um, written for chiropractors instead of our ideal client. So we went back and we slimmed everything down to um, make sure it was valuable. And then we added these call to actions throughout, as well as a couple buttons to go to say like our approach and what to expect on your first visit pages. And we went back and checked our analytics and sure enough, now 60% of the people who ended up on meet the team, we're going to book now. Um, and so that's where having Google analytics in place is really valuable. And there's an app. So you can just look at it on your phone quickly when you're waiting in line at Starbucks to see how your website's doing. <laughs> oh, okay. So how long would you say you spend? And I know you're kind of doing it in clusters. So you said you check it weekly. If you were to take into account how much time you spend on a weekly basis, writing ads, checking ads, like, is this like two or three hours a week? Could this be done? No, more less much less oh yeah. okay yeah. it's gonna take time in the beginning to get it set up um a lot of time on your website and writing your ads but then after that maybe you know 20 minutes a week okay so this is where you were saying like you can do this you just need yeah. to like get over the learning curve and the scare so many chiropractors i mean i'm doing a speech in florida this week and um talking about social media and it's just like so many people are just so scared of the learning curve and it's really funny because it's like nobody nobody was born knowing what sem is versus seo like definitely not me <laughs> yeah so it's just like we're just we get comfortable as chiropractors where we're just like and i'm done learning and i you know we're like i'm not a business person so and to be fair, you have a lot to manage because you have the clinical piece and the business side. And so adding in, you know, marketing, like digital marketing, it's a whole new thing to learn. And it's very big. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. But if you were to take a chiropractor, so let's rewind four years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you and you had a chiropractor who was just graduating and they didn't know much about social media and they didn't know much about Google analytics or ads. They would spend like, they would easily spend a couple hours a week because they're just starting and they've got the time figuring out different businesses to reach out to going and getting coffee and dropping it off with business cards. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, this isn't a trend. Like, I think that the pandemic, especially, I said this a year ago, um, so even now, for sure, like, I don't think that people are going to be, like, in a rush to go back to the old way of being sold. Yes. Like, 
I, I don't know. Like, I think people have gotten really spoiled. We get our church online now. We get like, why do I have to go to an event to hear you talk for an hour? Like, can't you just send me the recording so I can watch it at home? And so like, I really think when it comes to a lot, like, yes, external, external events will kind of come back, but like not the way they were. And so I really think a lot of this is necessary. Like it's necessary for your business to evolve. I completely agree. Yeah. So important. So what's the difference between like, sorry, on a phone versus, and like, hold on, we just keep, I have so many questions. Go ahead and go with your tangent. And then we can talk about phone versus desktop. Sure. Uh, I was just going to talk about, um, you know, we're talking like the value of the digital marketing piece. So we didn't talk about SMM. (laughs) God, there's more. Okay. Which is is social media marketing. Is that Facebook Uh, ads? Yes. Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube Um, and so these are also great. They're just different because they're interruption based where if you're on a search engine SEM, this person is actively looking for your service. So you want to show up first. So SMM is a little different because you're almost interrupting their scroll to show them what you have to offer and you want to capture them quickly in that moment. They might not, maybe they were looking for you. Um, and didn't know likely they were playing Candy Crush. Yeah. It wasn't like this conscious choice of, I need to go find a chiropractor because I can't sleep. Um, Those ads have to be much different. Um, yeah, we've got, we haven't done Facebook and Instagram ads anymore. They, when we ran them, they were always pretty cookie cutter, like, you know, 17 new patient specials expires. Mm-hmm. And they weren't great for us. And so we've gone away from that. They're pretty saturated in our area too. And the Google ads have worked so well that we got it. But the other thing to know is, and you're really great at this, is your social media presence does have an influence on, you know, all of these things. So you do need to stay up to like be engaging, provide valuable content on Instagram, make sure it's authentic and it's you know, your stuff, or if someone else did it really well, share their stuff, um, still be really active in that piece, whether you're paying for marketing on Instagram or Facebook or not. Okay. It does, it all works holistically together. I'm starting to get overwhelmed because I'm like, like, okay. Um, No, it's okay. It's just like all the different ways. Like there's just, it's so much. I understand my chiropractors are like, well, I mean, even you, you're like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to focus on this because we, doing Facebook and this is, it's not. And how did you figure out Facebook wasn't um, performing well for you? Um, So we ran a few reports on, we use platinum for our EHR and we were getting like a high number of new patients. Um, Our, our sign on rate for Facebook ad people was lower and then these people weren't referring either. And like, the, just the, the lifetime of Facebook new patients wasn't as high as Google, where um, most people who come to us through Google refer and they're, you know, they high sign-on rates, they're very committed people. So we went that route. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so phone versus desktop. Yeah. I 
I'm like, oh God, there's a, Kirby wrote this question for me. And I'm like, wait, there's a difference between phone versus desktop? Like what? Just say there's Uh, no difference. You don't have to worry about it at all. It's not that big of a deal, really. So, well, it is, but it shouldn't (laughs) take a lot of time. (laughs) It's important. Okay. Um, So uh, the responsiveness of your mobile phone version is important on like our website, we can optimize our mobile site. Uh, I don't it- know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, uh, so a couple of things you can do. I use Squarespace okay. and um, we just added, we had new office photos taken and I just added them to our website, but on a desktop computer. And if you look at it on your phone, you'll see that the images are kind of cropped differently and um this isn't true for us, but maybe the buttons aren't centered or there's weird pop-ups showing up. So you can go into the mobile version of your website on Squarespace and choose what you want the center of the photo to be when someone's on their phone or, you know, change where the pop-up shows up. Um, Just essentially, Lauren, just make sure you check your website on their mobile version. And if things aren't looking right, change it right away. Because most people, I think it's like 60% plus are, are using their mobile device to find your my website. And it's probably similar for yours too. But you can I see that know. on Google Analytics. Yeah, You can see it on Google Analytics. Good thing I have an account there. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> now Google Ads though, over in the other account, I don't have to do anything special there as far as writing ads or whatever for desktop versus mobile? No, just keeping in mind that what we talked about, about the call to action being a little bit higher up so that if it's cut off on the mobile version, they're still seeing that call to action and what they can do. Okay. Do you guys run into just people, like when you're advertising, people clicking your ad that didn't mean to click your ad? Like, do you run into that much? Um, it's hard to know, you know, who's doing that and what's happening. Um, but I'm sure it happens. We had one ad that had, that we were one campaign at a, at one time that had so many clicks and nothing happening after that. And so we actually just turned that ad off. I think something was happening there and I couldn't quite pinpoint it, but maybe people were just clicking on it to click on it. So. Okay. So that's uh, when you check each, you know, every other week and you're like, huh, that something seems off. Check your keywords. Um, just look over the whole ad. Look at the information that Google ads is giving you and play with it. Okay. So I'd be logging into my Google ads account and I would be checking and I would see that one of my ads has a lot of clicks. Yep. But how would I know that it didn't do anything? Yeah, there would be no conversions. No conversions. Yeah. And how does Google know if they convert? So you'll set up goals. Okay. And, oh, wow. I can't remember, but you, I think you set up your goals in Google Analytics. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so they're linked. And, <laughs> together. And they're also linked to my website. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so our example or my example of goals would be the first goal on our analytics is that people make it to the contact us page, which is where they fill out the form to book an appointment. Okay. The second goal is 
that they make it to the thank you confirmation page. Okay. So first goal is, do you get them? Do they actually click on the book now? Book now. And then the second one is if they got there, did they basically fill out the information? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so our thank you confirmation page has, you know, thank you for booking. We're really looking forward to meeting you. You'll receive an automated text. Here is what to expect on your first visit. And here are our initial intake forms. Um, so it's valuable for them. And then it helps us understand where they, how far they made it in the process. Yes. Okay. So you would see a lot of clicks, but then none, your goals aren't being met. And then yes. you're like, kill that ad. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't Google be knowing that? Like, I thought Google, if you're doing a smart ad, what's smart about the smart ad? Um, so it's selecting which ad text. Um, of the 10. Yeah, is showing up. And uh, what else? I don't know. Probably too many smart things for me. Right. <laughs> Yep. Okay. So they're picking which of the 10 is performing best based on meeting your goals. And probably the person searching their information. Oh, okay. So that's where it's like one could be showing up a lot, but it's not reaching your goals. Because um, if they're so typing that, in a lot, of, so like it could be showing up a lot because they're typing in, like you maybe you have the right keywords, but it's not reaching your goals. So you're not actually converting them. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be a lot of problems then at that point. It could be your ad, your website. It could be um, someone's trying to sabotage you, but I doubt it. <laughs> like I would, I would just not let that, I wouldn't even worry about that. Just write really good ads, right? Have a really good website, let them run. Um, you probably want to let them run for three months to really get good data. So be willing yeah. to invest that time and money. Um, and see how they're working for you then at that point. Um, but give it some time. For sure. Okay, so like you got to give it, so you shouldn't be, if you're just getting into this, like making calls after a week. Exactly. Oh. Okay. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I would be like, you're done, you're dead ad. I'm not spending any more money on you. <laughs> That's okay, fair. so then kind of, uh, what about video ads? Yeah, I, um, you have great videos, so I could see a lot of value in that for your office. Actually, Pete does really good videos and gets a lot of action organically on social platforms. If we post a video of him, it's just really hard to get him in front of the camera. We're uh, busy, okay? We're adjusting a lot of people, Melissa. <laughs> and I think he avoids it. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, but you could definitely run a video ad on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, and um, I can see a lot of value in that. Not Google. Google doesn't do the video ads. I haven't done that. Okay. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Like, like as a consumer, I have not seen mm -mm. video ads. I think when you see that in a Google search, it's actually a YouTube video. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So many different ways. All right. So then kind of final question, as you've nerded out over this, over the last couple of years, um, what is some of your like best advice for a chiropractor 
who's about to like sit down, like what has worked the best for you in your clinic when it comes to writing successful ads? The big question. So, um, and I, I think I sound like I'm being really repetitive saying this, but make sure that you have, you know what, here'd be a good thing. Um, grab the book, building a story brand and read that book going to help you understand how to write um, captivating content on your website and your ads. Um, And the whole premise is to write a mini story that tells how your brand can provide what your customer is looking for. So um, spend some time with that book, spend some time really thinking about what you offer and how you want to talk about what you offer uh, and make your customer the hero in the story. And if you okay, can do so it's, it's making sure, yeah, I mean, I can understand why you're like, that's a big question because it's like, it's learning what is your voice and not just what is your voice, what is your authentic voice and make sure your authentic voice is what they want to hear. So put it through the filter of like, this is what I'm saying, but I'm saying it in a way you want to hear it. So yeah, yeah for your, whoever your ideal client is, you know, um, for us, it's Jen and she's like 35 with three kids and we know all about her. And so our stuff is written for her and to support her, um, and making health decisions for her family. So, um, I think that's Jen's husband do. How's Jen's husband about chiropractic? He's a golfer and he comes in because he's worried about his golf performance. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, um, this has been a lot of information, but I love it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fire Kirby. I'm pretty sure that I can do this. God, I'm joking, Kirby. Don't, don't leave me. (laughs) Kirby's great. I love working with him. what everyone says. I was talking to the president of the Women Chiropractic Association prepping for this convention coming up. And she was just like raving about Kirby. And I'm like, yeah, I know he's great. I'm married up. Um, But how does someone, because you are starting to work with chiropractors beyond your husband. So if someone was like wanting more from you, um, learning to learn more, like how would they, how would they do that? Yeah, we're, we're definitely working out the kinks. So um, we recently held an in-person workshop. I think it went really well. well. We plan to do a few more of those, but we also take one-on-one you know, coaching clients. Um, and that's where we walk you through how to improve your website, get everything set up, writing your Google ads, and then monitoring them. Um, and But we haven't found a good platform to talk about this yet. It's just been in more private groups that we've shared the word. Um, so... But for your listeners, I don't worry, this is all private. And so (laughs) a couple people who listen. (laughs) So for all the she slayers out there, we um, just typed up a basic Google form. It's in the link in my bio on Instagram. And And you'll include it in our show notes too. Awesome. So you can just let us know um, what you're interested in on there. And we'll be sure to get the information out to you on when the next workshop is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope I... um, didn't sound like too much of an idiot. (laughs) Again, I was just pretending I knew all that stuff. (laughs) Number one takeaway, you guys, there's two different accounts, Google analytics and Google ads. Number one thing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you, Lauren. All right. She slayers until next week. Bye. 
Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 